It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Tuesday. Welcome into Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Tuesday, July 12th, the middle of no sports season. Well, we got baseball, but that's about it. Open Championship Golf starts Thursday. It's tough for me to get up at 1.30 a.m. to watch the uh, British Open, formerly known as the British Open, the Open Championship. But I will, and then I'll hit my alarm and turn it off, and I'll get up about 6 and watch a little golf. It's very difficult to watch the Golf Channel at 1.30 in the morning. There's got to be, you know, bourbon involved if I'm going to do something like that. i got to stay up all night. Believe me. Thursday at noon, you don't want me being up all night. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. Join in on the conversation, 384-1450 is that number. The Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000. That happens all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, and you are entered to win. That's not the only way you can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Text REWARDS to 80313 today. I have the uh, odds for the Open Championship. I stopped at one of my favorite gambling establishments on the way over here just to pick up the sheet for the odds. Rory McIlroy, 9-1. to one. He's the favorite. John Rahm is 11-1. to one. Scotty Scheffler, 12-1. to one. And PGA champion Justin Thomas, local boy, is 14-1. to one. We'll go over some of these uh, as the show progresses. Get more into them tomorrow. Uh, the day before the Open Championship begins. It's the 150th edition of the Open Championship. This one at legendary St. Andrews, the world's allegedly first golf course. Uh, and we've got live news again. Live tour news never goes away. Now, we'll get to some baseball today. I promised it yesterday. The standings look that we do every Monday didn't get to it, so we'll get to it today. John Hale, Courier-Journal beat writer for Kentucky Sports. Basketball and football will join me in about 12 to 14 minutes. We'll uh, talk basketball recruiting. We'll talk a little football. Uh, realignment is the SEC trying to get Florida State and Clemson. Are they waiting to see what happens with Notre Dame? What, are, what is the stance of the Southeastern Conference as we speak? Um, Aaron Bradshaw delayed his commitment over the weekend, so we'll see where that stands with Kentucky. Is DJ Wagner... Long, long thought a Louisville commitment, um, or at least crystal ball-wise, was going to be a UofL Cardinal, is now wavering. Maybe Calipari, who you may have heard this morning on the uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, KSR, uh, or KRC, I'm sorry, wow. Wrong, wrong network. Kentucky Road Call with Nick and TJ. Uh, you may have heard Cal on the show today. Of course, he can't talk about uh, Aaron Bradshaw, and he can't talk about DJ Wagner, but we'll ask John Hale about that. And when will uh, Chris Rodriguez play football? It sounds like it's going to be sooner rather than later. Kentucky opens uh, against Miami of Ohio. He's not going to play that game. 
And we thought he might be suspended for more than one game, but it looks like he might play in game two, a conference home game against the Florida Gators. We'll check with John Hale to see where all that stands out. Heinz Field in Pittsburgh has a new name, and Pittsburghians, is that what they're called? Pittsburghers are not happy about it. We'll get to that as well. But back to the Open Championship at St. Andrews. Tiger Woods chimed in today on the Live Tour. Um, He says the players that are playing on the Live Tour have turned their back. That's a direct quote. Turned their back on what made them and got them to where they are today. And that's the PGA Tour. He's not happy. Now, we've heard Rory, and you respect Rory McIlroy's opinion um, you've heard all the guys that have gone to the live tour and their justification for making that move. None of them will come out and tell the truth and say, look, if you got ordered a, offered $100 million, what would you do? Nobody's going to say that. They're all saying, oh, we're growing the game of golf. It's a great opportunity for me and my family. Uh, wonderful competition, less golf being played. That, that's all fine and good and dandy and great. They're going for the money, and we all know it. Everybody knows it. And Tiger Woods took some shots today. I find this very interesting. I saw the lineup on Golf Channel for the players that are going to speak publicly at the Open Championship during press conferences. Who's invited to these press conferences? Who are we going to hear from? We heard from Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy. We're going to hear from Scotty Scheffler. Uh, We're going to hear from uh, Will Zalatoris, who's been a a terrific finisher, uh, gotten very close in a bunch of these majors. We're going to hear from John Rahm. We're going to hear from Colin Morikawa, who's the defending Open champion. Um, But we're not going to hear from Louis Oosthuizen. He's a Live Tour golf member. He won this event in 2010 at St. Andrews. He came in second in 2015, the last time it was played at St. Andrews. Don't you want to talk to Louis Oosthuizen? We're not going to talk to Phil Mickelson. Phil is not scheduled to speak to the media in open in the media room. Now, he can walk to the practice tee and, I guess, answer individual questions from reporters, but we're not going to have a press conference featuring Phil Mickelson. Why? Because he's on the live tour. Dustin Johnson, he's a former champion. Nope, on the live tour. Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, none of these guys, and you can go down the list, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, two-time major champion, four-time major champion, excuse me. You're not going to hear from any of the guys that were on the Live Tour. And Greg Norman, who runs the Live Tour, was not invited back to take part in past champion events. There was a champions event yesterday. Tiger played. Lee Trevino played. Jack Nicklaus didn't play. He's 82 years old, but he was there. Phil Mickelson didn't play. That was his choice. But Greg Norman was not invited back. There's a champion's dinner tonight. Greg Norman is not invited. Phil Mickelson invited but declined, will not attend. Phil Mickelson, for 30 years, was a lot of people's favorite golfer. Right? You chose sides. You either pulled for the Celtics or the Lakers. You either pulled for the Yankees or the Red Sox. Right? You either pull for the Dallas Cowboys or you pull against the Dallas Cowboys. 
You either pull for Tiger Woods or you pulled for Phil Mickelson for 30 years. I'm tired of Tiger winning. I'm a Phil guy. Oh, Tiger, how can you not appreciate the greatness? I'm a Tiger guy. And Phil Mickelson, who was the life of the party, everybody's favorite golfer, everybody's favorite interview, declines to go to the champion's dinner. He's a former Open champion. And Greg Norman, not even invited. Maybe this is Phil saying, look, if you're not going to invite all of them, I'm not going to go. That's hypocritical. And it is. And it's also brought more life to the live tour here. Because had Greg Norman been invited, we would be talking less about Greg Norman. Right? Two-time open champion. Not invited? The only one, by the way, not invited? Uh, It's pretty obvious why that's the case. So he's not going to go to the dinner. He's not going to do a press conference. Hasn't been invited to do a press conference. And uh, Greg Norman not even going to be there. Now, Greg Norman was invited back in 2015 to play. This is before the Live Tour, long before the Live Tour. He was invited back. He was 60 years old. It was the last year that he was eligible to play in the Open Championship without having to qualify to play. As a former champion, you get to play until you're 60. No questions asked. He was invited back in 2015 to St. Andrews to play on his, in his 60th year of life. He turned it down. He said, no, thank you. Now, a lot of guys that are 60 aren't playing golf anymore. Maybe he didn't want to get out there and embarrass himself. But Greg Norman, if you look at him, he's in good shape. He still plays a lot of golf, I think. He turned them down. Maybe this is St. Andrew's way of saying, hey, you turned us down. You didn't didn't accept the invite to come back and take a, a curtain call when you were 60, go around the course, stand on the bridge at 17, wave to everybody, and go out in a good light. We're not inviting you back this year. But the fact remains, he is the only former champion to not be invited back. Plain and simple. Rory McIlroy, in his interview, said he thinks it would not be good. Now, this was a long answer, and this is one short line out of that long answer. So you gotta, you got to look at the context. But he did say it would not be good if a live tour player wins this event. Now, it was said in passing, he also finished the quote, the, this long quote by saying, anybody who wins here is a deserved champion and should be treated as such. But he also said earlier in the, in the quote, it would not be good for the PGA Tour in general, for golf in general, if a live tour player were to win this event. They're all in it. As I look down the list of the odds, I guess the favorite live tour player is Dustin Johnson. He's 28 to 1. Brooks Kepka is 35 to 1. Louis Oosthuizen, who won the, this event in 12 years ago at this venue, came in second 7 years ago at this venue. 35 to 1. Um Bryce DeChambeau, 50 to 1. So Not great odds on, I mean, good odds if they win it and you bet them, congratulations. But not great odds for any of these live golfers to actually 
get the job done. But St. Andrews is different. Tiger Woods, remember, did not play in the U.S. Open on purpose so that he could get ready for this event. He didn't play because he said his body wasn't ready. He wanted it ready for St. Andrews. Tiger's 46. This might be his last chance at St. Andrews. Remember, this tournament rotates. It might be back there in five years. It might be back there in eight years. It might not be back for 10 years. So maybe his last chance to play at the storied Scottish course. He wanted to play in this event much more than he wanted to play at the U.S. Open at Brookline. Take this into account, too. This is an easy walk. Yes, there are rolling hills on the course. Um, this is a course where you're not aiming at a flag. You're aiming at hotels, and you're aiming at, at, at fescue, and you're aiming at places where you know if you hit it there, it's going to roll up and give you a shot at the green. Or perhaps you can drive these par fours. Tony Finau said there are four holes on this course. If the wind is um, with him, he can get to these par fours with a wedge. Now, Finau's got great club head speed, and if you hit a 200-yard drive, it may roll to 320, 330. That's how hard this course is. Barring any bad weather, barring any rain, if you hit a low, screaming bullet, a stinger, as Big Al the Fish, my buddy, would call it, it's going to roll, and it may. You can go through a whole commercial. You can watch a whole set of commercials, come back, that ball's still rolling. All right, maybe that's hyperbole. But it's a great course for Tiger Woods because it's flat. He can walk it without a whole lot of wasted energy on that leg of his that is so bad. And he's been here a lot. He's won here. He knows where to hit the ball. And he's not going to share that information, right? Oh, yeah, go straight down the middle. You hit it down the middle, you go up there, and, hey, where'd that bunker come from? Where'd that pot bunker in the middle of the fairway come from? Tiger, did you know that was there? Yeah, but I wasn't going to tell you. Uh, I'm, I'm just off the green, 30 yards from the pin. Huge greens, some of them double greens. I think 10 and, and uh, 3 share a green. So the greens are, are, are ginormous, as Buddy the Elf would say, ginormous. This is, a tiger this is a course set up for Tiger Woods at this point in his career. Now, I heard two, two or three days ago, 60 to 1. I go over to my establishment today. I get the odds. I bring them in here with me. He's 40 to 1. People are bet that means people are betting Tiger Woods. Now, a lot of this is probably sentimental. That's eh, bet Tiger. It's the last time we're going to see him, maybe. Who knows? But he is 40 to 1. Phil, by the way, 150 to 1. John Daly, 1,000 to 1. We'll talk more about the Open tomorrow. John Hale, Kentucky sports reporter for the Courier Journal, will join me after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Guy.
Welcome back to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is still open, 384-1450. Thornton's text line, 414-1450 to get your text into the show. Bats back in action tonight right here on the Big X. They're in Scranton to take on Scranton Wilkes-Barre, the AAA affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. 635 first pitch, 605 pregame with Nick Curran right here on the Big X. Let's go to the Eminem Cartage Hotline, bring in John Hale, Courier-Journal beat writer for UK Athletics. John, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, base, uh, not baseball, basketball or football? What do you want to start with today? Uh, let's go basketball. All right. Are you with? Uh, are you following Calipari on this little tour he's on? I am not following him. I will be in Louisville today for the oh. uh, for the appearance, but it's uh, it's to be determined as to what's going to happen for the rest <laughs> of the week. How many of those other ones I go to? What's the most important message for Cal that he's trying to get to these fans in this little? Uh, I don't know what what kind of tour do we call this? I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's an autograph tour. Although he's, it's weird because he's signing autographs. The players are not allowed to sign autographs. Really, some rules. Uh, apparently, it's because it's a corporate partnership with Kroger um, players with the in the era of NIL and all that stuff. I don't think they can sign up with the school's corporate partnerships because they can't arrange those NIL deals. So they will. Some of them will be there taking pictures and stuff, but they will not be signing. But the other part of it is Cal is bringing around this program that he wants fans to sign. Uh, and then in tribute to Joby Hall during the season, he's going to they're going to coach with the rolled up program, and that's the program he's going to use during the season. But it, it's all a message, I think, about reconnecting with the fan base after two years of COVID and you know not being around people, and not being able to do this kind of stuff in the summer that they normally like to do. But also the other part is obviously there's a, a fundraising component where yeah. they're still trying to raise money for the tornado relief and. Uh, in Western Kentucky, because the the message that they got from the people affected last year when all this happened is it was going to be a multi year process and getting everybody back on their feet, and so they wanted to make sure that their commitment was across multiple years, not just right after it happened and then move on. So, if you go to Kroger today, they want you to donate. Uh, he'll sign whatever you want him to sign for free, but please donate to the Western Kentucky Relief Fund. Correct. Yes, absolutely. That's that's the whole goal of the thing, and so hopefully they'll be able to get a nice turnout and, and get some money. And they're going to Louisville today, and then they've got stops in uh, London, Georgetown, a couple Somerset, and maybe somewhere else uh, across the rest of the week. All right, this is a snarky question, but would this tour be going on had they beaten St. Peter's and gotten to the lead eight last year? Um. I think probably, okay. but I, I do understand the impetus of that question. I, I certainly think the way the last two years have gone have increased the need for them to do some of these reconnecting things. But also remember, in 2012, after they won the national championship, they did a tour around the state where they brought the national championship yeah. trophy to various schools around the state so they could take pictures and do signings and all those kind of things. And they usually do satellite camps during the summer but those have uh transitioned into nil opportunities where the players all run those so john calipari and the school are not involved in in them anymore so i think they were always going to do something but I, I certainly do think the way the last two years have gone have kind of increased the need for some of this uh goodwill building i saw some pictures from lagrange a little bit earlier it looks like oscar Sheboy and lance Ware are with him today if the fans are interested although they as you say they can't sign autographs but they can't take pictures, and they're supposed to be like interacting and talking with fans in the line and stuff. So it, it's still a nice, nice chance to get some face time with those guys that you don't normally get. Who does Kentucky uh, and Cal especially expect to be the most impactful newcomer? And I'm throwing C.J. Frederick in there as well since he didn't play last year. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're including CJ, I think it at least is a an open conversation because he's going to be an essential piece just because he's such a good shooter and, and they need that with their current makeup of their roster. But he's also, let's phrase it, a question mark because he's been hurt for more than a year now and he battled injury problems in Iowa even before that. So, you know, the jury's still out on how much they can count on him. So maybe that part discounting him, I think it's, I think it's pretty clearly going to be Cason Wallace, the freshman point guard. I would be shocked yeah. if he's not starting. He probably won't play the point a ton because that's obviously Sabir Wheeler's position, but best-case scenario, Cason Wallace is a little bit better version of Ty Ty Washington. He's certainly a better defender, but um, you know his offensive game is probably pretty similar. Uh, if, if you get that out of him, that, that's a really good spot to be in. He's not going to be what they expected Shane Sharp to be, so I think that, you know, the question is whether they have that go-to score. They probably don't, but Kaysen among the newcomers is the guy who's pretty clearly going to be a, a lottery pick a year from now. Talking to John Hale, beat writer for the Courier Journal for UK. You can follow him on Twitter at John Hale underscore CJ. Um, all right, I saw Joe Lenardi's bracketology today. You know how I love lists and brackets and all that kind of stuff. Kentucky number one in the South playing in Columbus and then Louisville. I think they sign up for that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think the thing you look at with bracketology and projections, you don't really care about the actual matchups because nobody can predict those accurately. So you just look at the locations. And yeah. clearly the, uh, the goal is to be Columbus is the closest first weekend site and Louisville is obviously the closest second weekend site. So you want to make sure... If you're Kentucky and you're in that one seed conversation, you're on, you're ahead of what other Midwest schools would be in that same geographic area. So you can get in Louisville. That would be obviously a huge, huge boost to their, uh, their chances next year. Uh, recruiting wise, I saw three days ago Travis Branham pulled DJ Wagner off the crystal ball to Louisville. Uh, is this a two horse race now, Louisville and Kentucky? And how close are the Cats to, to turning him? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's clearly a two, two horse race, let me, because before Louisville hired Kenny Payne, it was a one horse race. Everybody just assumed he was coming to Kentucky. The interesting part is, even though all those recruiting people and, you know, the last couple of months have said Louisville has all the momentum, the UK people have been, have never shied off the fact that they thought he was coming to Kentucky. So I think that some of that is, is it, appears he's nearing a, a decision with Pete Sham coming up next week that uh, the confidence in Kentucky has remained strong and maybe the confidence around Louisville has, has waned a little bit. So uh, I think at, at, you know, at worst it's a toss-up right now, and at, at best and, you know, you're probably leaning a little bit Kentucky at this point. I guess we'll see a lot of blue coaches and a lot of red coaches at the Pete Sham next week, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> Kentucky, you know, obviously DJ Wagner's the main attraction, but – Basically, all of Kentucky's main targets play on the Nike circuit, uh, so they will be well represented in in Augusta uh, throughout the week with uh, John Calipari and his assistants all there. And I'm sure they will find time to get to the Adidas event and the Under Armour event if there are guys in, in playing in those leagues that they are also recruiting. But they will make sure that they are front and center for DJ Wagner. I'm, I'm certain. What do uh, we uh, as BBN fans? If you're a BBN fan, a BBN member, what do you read into Aaron Bradshaw, the seven footer from New Jersey, putting off his commitment? I mean, I think you can't feel great about it because obviously everybody expected him to commit to Kentucky, you know, last weekend or whatever. And so it, when it seems like it was a done deal, and and there's any sort of delay, you get a little nervous, especially with the way that yeah. some of these things have gone against Kentucky in recent years that everybody thought were done deals. But also, it's, um, I don't think there's any reason to get too worried that it's not going to happen now. But the longer it goes, the more reason for concern. But it seems like they're still in a pretty good spot. 
All right, talking to John Hale, Courier Journal beat writer for UK basketball, basketball, but also UK football. Um, when does Chris Rodriguez play? Because it looks more and more like it's going to be Florida game two, and I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I mean, I think with the DUI stuff resolved, since he did plead guilty, I I think there's certainly a suspension of some length coming. How long, we can all debate as to whatever the appropriate punishment should be. But I, I do think the timing of this all happening, and especially the way the rumors came out early in the in the summer, late spring, about whatever else is going on that you know people are concerned about, now you have this ability to say, okay, he was we were punishing him throughout the entire summer. He was dealing with consequences behind the scenes. So maybe the end-season suspension doesn't end up being as long. I don't think that other issue has been resolved yet, so that that's still the one thing hanging out there. But my gut says he plays certainly at some time in the first month, and it would not shock me if it's week two against Florida. All right, I love this. As I said, SEC Mike put out his uh, SEC QB rankings, and Will Levis is seventh. Is that a slap in the face here? Yeah, I mean – I mean, Bryce I Young's number one. We all know that, right? Right. And, you know, I think he's probably somewhere in the top five. It is a really interesting spot to be in, though, with this talk because all these projections coming out that he's going to be a first-round pick and maybe a yeah. top-ten pick and you know, somebody had him as the number one pick, which is seems crazy to me. But he does have all this potential, and I think he's going to be really good. But he, did it. he wasn't a perfect quarterback by any means last year. He's got an interception issue that you need to – figure out and you know he, he obviously got better as the season went along but he had a, a couple of clunker games out there and so i think he i think there's a, a a group of four or five quarterbacks behind bryce young that you could make a a, a case for any of them I, I did this particular list i frankly don't know who sec mike is or what his <laughs> credentials are but he did say that he was projecting where they would be at the end of the season versus now so i think he is thinking that guys like spencer rattler and and um uh, and some of the uh, Anthony Richardson, some of these other quarterbacks are going to make a big jump this year, and so we'll see how it goes. Uh, is the SEC really not uh, planning on adding any more schools? Because this, this just seems like rhetoric back and forth. I feel like everybody's waiting to see where Notre Dame lands, and if Notre Dame goes to the Big Ten, I think the SEC is going to try to get Florida State and Clemson at, at the least get those two schools in. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no way that they're done. I mean, I, I think that everybody's trying to see what exactly is going to happen, like you said, with Notre Dame, but also just how stable the SEC or the ACC and the Pac-12 and these other leagues are. Can they make a, a case to keep some teams around? And then from that point, uh, we'll see how quickly it condenses either into two mega leagues or is it going to be three or four, whatever the number is. But one of these leagues is not going to survive this, and so we're going to have to see uh, where exactly that puts these other teams then. And, and, and certainly at that point, the SEC will be adding teams. I, I, I'm interesting to see, because Miami's in the mix here, what about Louisville? Is there a shot that Louisville ends up with nowhere to go or maybe just in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I would... I'd be really surprised if Kentucky signed up for Louisville to join the SEC. The question is how much power they have to stop it yeah, and yeah. how attractive Louisville actually is. I mean, clearly the football brand is probably not such that they're going to uh, move the needle, but uh, does basketball matter in these conversations? It doesn't appear to so far, but if yeah. it does, then Louisville becomes more attractive and we'll see where they go. I, I don't think they're going to get left out totally, but they might be in a weird fit geographically at some point. Yeah. Does Florida not sign off on Florida State? Does, does uh, South Carolina not sign off on Clemson? Yeah, those are all good questions. I mean, which is interesting because what a month ago we were all having the, the conversation about whether 
uh, you go, the expansion of the SEC schedule was going to keep them from, or was going to ruin those, you know, ACC, SEC traditional rivalries. If they all join the league, you don't have to worry about that anymore, but I don't think any of their rivals really want them in there. So those, those are all going to be interesting political discussions, too. John, appreciate your time as always. Good luck. Do your Krogering while you're there. You might as well kill two birds with <laughs> one stone, all right? Uh, safe travels. Sounds, sounds good. Thanks for having me. John Hale, beat writer for the Courier-Journal for Kentucky Athletics, base, uh, basketball and football. Boy, I keep wanting to say baseball. I guess that's because the only thing going on right now. Um, yeah, I don't think Kentucky – if, if the SEC wants Louisville, and that, look, this is a far cry. When they add Oklahoma and Texas, they'll have 16. And I meant to ask John this, and now I dropped the ball here. Any chance schools get kicked out? Because Vanderbilt, let's be honest, they don't belong in the Southeastern Conference. Geographically, yes. Any other way? Baseball, yes. Anything else, no. Not a good football program, not a good basketball program, period. End of story. I don't think they're going to get kicked out. They should, or maybe voluntarily leave, because they're not going to compete. They don't compete now, and you're going to add Oklahoma and Texas and potentially Florida State and Clemson? If Vanderbilt stays, Oklahoma and Texas show up in a couple years. you got 16 teams in the Southeastern Conference, and the SEC came out with a statement that said, we are set up for our future. That is all we need. We're good to go. That is whitewash. That's not true. Because the Big Ten is bringing in USC and UCLA. If the Big Ten brings in Oregon and Washington, and then maybe Notre Dame drops by for a visit. The SEC has to keep up with the Big Ten. It's that simple. They're ahead of the Big Ten in the football hierarchy as we speak. But the gap has closed. The gap has closed over the last few years. Yeah, Alabama's still Alabama. Georgia's still Georgia. LSU won a championship with Joe Burrow. SEC is so strong in football. And, be- and believe me, that's what this is all about. Kentucky fan, Louisville fan, Indiana fan, you can love basketball more than anybody in the world. But look at the network ratings for college basketball when they come out. Who's always number one? The Louisville area. Or the Tobacco Road there in Chapel Hill, Charlotte area. That's it. New York doesn't care about college basketball. Los Angeles doesn't care. Chicago doesn't care. Houston doesn't care. The money is in football. And if Notre Dame or Oregon end up in the Big Ten, the SEC is going to make a move. And these schools in the ACC, your Florida State, who's won national championships in football. Your Clemson, who's won national championships in football. Your Miami, who's won national championships in football. They are not going to be patient. They're not going to sit back and say, well, let's see how this plays out. Because they're in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and it is a basketball league with Duke and Carolina and Wake Forest and Louisville. They're a basketball league. NC State. Syracuse. Syracuse, you don't think about Syracuse football, that's for sure. And the SEC is going to say, come on in. Come on in, Seminoles. Come on in, Clemson Tigers. Probably come on in, the U, the Hurricanes. Where does Louisville land? Remember when Tom Jurich had Louisville in the Big 12? They were going to the Big 12. It was a done deal. 
And all of a sudden, the Big 12 decided, you know what? I think we'd rather have West Virginia. Remember that? And Louisville got snubbed and ended up having to settle for, at least that's what we felt like at the time, settle for the ACC. Turned out to be a great move. It was a great snub if you're Louisville. You are now happy it happened because you would be stuck with Baylor and Texas Tech and Iowa State and Kansas. Now we're talking football, Kansas, Kansas State. That's what you'd be stuck with. Basketball maybe be great. Baylor and Kansas won the last two NCAA titles. Houston's joining the league. They're probably a top five team next year. But football's where the money is. And if you're Louisville, you're probably glad you landed in the ACC for the last several years. You're happy with that. But when this all comes out, where do you go? What do you do if you're Josh Hurd? And all of a sudden, one day you find out the Seminoles and the Tigers and the Canes are headed to the SEC. Uh-oh. Now you're really a basketball conference. Now you're looking forward to the March Madness with the Big East and St. John's and Villanova and Georgetown and those schools. And you're looking for a football conference. You can stay in the ACC. You can win the ACC. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter when there are two super conferences and you're on the outside looking in. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, talk some baseball. Uh, Heinz Field has been renamed in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburghers are not happy about it. All that and more after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminent Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. Final segment, John Spears in the studio. Eminem Cartage hotline still open, 384-1450. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win ten grand. It happens all summer long. Grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. The process is easy. Open your Refreshing Rewards app. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That's it. You're entered. Do it every day. Try to do it two or three times a day. I don't know if it lets you, but give it a shot. Why not? You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, hot dogs, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, many, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That is Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Text rewards to 80313 today. A little cloudy out there today. I didn't need my Shady Rays driving over here, but don't be without them when you do need them. Shady Rays is changing the way you wear sunglasses. Industry best combination of fit, style, performance without the big brand price tag, and it doesn't stop with the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. For example, let's say you bet Rory McIlroy this week. And on the 72nd hole on Sunday, he puts one in the only water on the course. And you grab your Shady Rays off of your head and slam them on the ground in frustration. They'll give you a new pair. Now, don't tell them you did that. You can tell them they're broke or they lost, you lost them and they'll give you a new pair. Don't tell them you threw them on the ground. Maybe they might have a problem with, with you doing that. They don't want you to do that. 
Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair. Return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And exclusively with for our listeners, 25% off. So you can try them out, see what they're all about. Use the code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That is ShadyRays.com. All right. A couple news and notes here. Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, I was, I'm old enough, and Jim, I know you're old enough, Three Rivers Stadium. Sure, I remember that one. We remember Three Rivers Stadium, which looked exactly like Riverfront Stadium, which looked exactly like Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia, which looked exactly like the Astrodome, except it didn't have a roof. All right. Well, Three Rivers, that was a cool name because the Three Rivers – you're going to have to help me here. The Ohio, the Allegheny, and the uh, Mahangahela. Mahangahela. Yeah. Mahangahela. They, they met right next to the stadium there. Three River Stadium. Perfect. Heinz Field. Perfect. When they, uh, when they upgraded. Heinz Company in Pittsburgh. Ketchup, mustard, condiments of all sorts. Heinz Field. It just flows off your tongue. The new name of the stadium, and it's still Heinz Field, same field, is Acrisure Stadium. An insurance brokerage firm bought the naming rights. This firm is based in, you guessed it, Michigan. Yeah, I don't understand it. Money talks. That is usually what this program tells you just about every day. Follow the money. Heinz didn't put up enough money. It's now Acrisure Stadium. I don't know how many people are going to call it Acrisure Stadium. First of all, that's hard to say even without sunburnt lips, which I have. But it certainly doesn't flow off the tongue like Heinz Field. Well, I still call it Comiskey Park. Not And you should. Not guaranteed. Guaranteed rate. Ra- guaranteed rate bank where their logo is a down arrow, which I don't think <laughs> I don't think bodes very well for a baseball team. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Comiskey Park. Yeah. Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. Look, Camden, Baltimore. Orioles Park at Camden Yards is better than Memorial Stadium. I will say that. Uh, Riverfront Stadium, now Great American Ballpark. All right, that's okay. Great American sounds good. Acrisure Stadium, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, Don't forget, Thursday will be Movie Thursday again. We're back to that. Best appearance in a movie by an athlete or coach. You can send your uh, recommendations, your top three if you have three. You know, maybe some people can't remember three. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to mention one, and you're going to go, oh, that's right. Because you know the coaches. You know the players. You remember them from games and, and, and watching them on TV, but you don't remember the movies they were in. There are a lot more than you think. Uh, so that will be Thursday. We'll get that. Uh, I'll send the text out tonight to uh, some friends and colleagues and and uh, media members and see what they come up with. The, the response to this Movie Thursday stuff has been great. Um, I've loved doing it. I'm a big movie guy. Uh, I did finally watch The Replacements. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll watch a movie at least once a week, sometimes two, three times a week. Uh, I, I watched All the President's Men again yesterday. It just happened to be on. I've probably seen it 15 times. It's from 1976, I want to say. Robert Redford, Dustin Hoffman, 
Martin Balsam, the late great Jack Warden. Uh, fantastic movie about the Watergate break-in. But I love movies, so that's why I do Thursday movie day during the uh, during the summer because I can do that, or I can talk about Wimbledon. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about Wimbledon. All right, baseball. The Mariners and Orioles, the M's and the O's, both have the longest winning streak in baseball right now. They both won eight games in a row. They both were off yesterday. And here's something I never thought I'd say. The Orioles are in the hunt for a wild card spot. They're 43-44, and and although they're in last place in the American League East, they're the only team under 500 in the AL East. When you look at the AL West, there are only two teams above 500. And when you look at the American League Central, there's only one team above 500. That's the Minnesota Twins. Cleveland is 42 and 42. So right now, the Mariners would be a wild card. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Not so fast. The Red Sox, the Rays, and the Mariners and uh, Blue Jays are tied for the last wild card as we speak. Then comes Cleveland, and then comes the Baltimore Orioles. Only two games out of the final wild card spot. They start a series tonight at Wrigley Field against my Cubs. The Cubs are out of it. I'm kind of pulling for the Orioles here. Wouldn't it be awesome to see the Orioles get in the playoffs? Unexpected. I picked the Blue Jays to be a big winner this year. Playoffs, maybe maybe AL uh, Championship Series. They're 45 and 42. They're two games ahead of Baltimore. You can't name one player on the Baltimore Orioles. Jim, one player. Cal Ripken Jr. He is no longer there. Yeah. (laughs) Cedric Mullins is the leadoff hitter. Uh, Trey Mancini battled back from cancer. He plays first base. I don't know any pitchers. I can tell you that right now. Uh, they got a, a young catcher named Rutschman, who was a, a, like a first one of the first picks in the draft a few years ago. The manager is Brendan Hyde, doing a great job. The Orioles have won eight games in a row. They haven't done that in, I think I saw, 12 years. And then there are the Mariners. Remember when the Mariners traded for Jesse Winker and a. Eugenio Suarez from the Reds? Okay, they're going to be good. They were terrible. And those two guys are combined hitting about 200. But they've won eight in a row. They open a series in Washington tonight. So they're playing a last-place team. The Orioles are playing the hapless Cubs. They might continue these winning streaks. By the way, the Reds in Yankee Stadium to start a series tonight, a short series. Graham Ashcraft, 4 and 2 with a 4.35 ERA against Garrett Cole, former Cy Young Award winner, 8 and 2, 3.26 ERA, 7.05 tonight. The Reds in New York to take on the Yankees. Mets beat the Braves last night, 4 to 1 in the first of a three-game series. The Braves had closed the gap to a game and a half heading into this three-game set. If had the Braves at home won all three games, they would have taken over first place from the New York Metropolitans. But Mets win game one behind Max Scherzer, who was great again yesterday. Uh, His second outing since coming off the injured list. He pitched, I think, six innings of shutout ball against Cincinnati in a game that the Mets would eventually lose 1-0 in extra innings. 
And then last night, uh, he was outstanding last night. I want to look at the numbers so I don't get them wrong here. Max Scherzer went, uh, he, he threw a bunch of pitches, I will say that. Seven innings. Three hits, one runner, no walks, nine strikeouts. He gave the only run he gave up was an Austin Riley home run. His ERA is now two point one five. He threw ninety three pitches in his second start off the injured list. Uh, Mets and Braves will go at it again tonight. The middle game of a three game set at seven twenty. St. Louis over Philadelphia 6-1. They beat Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, that's a really good win for the Cardinals. They are hanging in there in the National League Central. 47-42, two games behind Milwaukee. Milwaukee had the night off the start of series in Minnesota tonight. So as we look at the National League standings, you got the Mets with the best record. Uh, well, they did have the best record in the National League. The Dodgers have it now at 56-29. The Mets are 54 and 33. The Braves have 52 wins. The Padres have 50 wins now. They are 50 and 38. Uh, those four teams look to be the best uh, in the league. Milwaukee with 48 wins, 47 for the Cardinals. They would both be in the playoffs if the uh, season ended today. So two teams from each division would be in the playoffs. The Phillies are hanging in there with 46 wins. They're the uh, First team out of the playoffs, if we look at it right now. Um, also, uh, yesterday, late San Diego beat Colorado 6-5 in a late game. Texas over Oakland 10-8, and Arizona 4-3 over the San Francisco Giants. The Giants are 43-42. and They were a sleeper pick at the beginning of the year. They've lost three of their last, or they've uh, lost seven of their last ten Here's where they mess up. They're eight and nine against the hapless Central Division, but um, don't count. Don't ever count out the Giants this part of the year. By the way, the, the All Star Game is a week away. Freddie Freeman didn't get in. Will Smith of the Dodgers didn't get in. Now look, every team gets one representative. You can't put the entire Dodger team in the All Star Game. If you could, they probably would. Mookie Betts made it. Uh, Trey Turner made it. Uh, a couple of the pitchers made it, so you got to. Here's the problem: you got to put a Cincinnati Red in there. Louis Castillo made it. You got to put a a Chicago Cub in there. Wilson Contreras made it, I think. You got to put a Arizona Diamondback and a Colorado Rocky and a Washington uh, National. You got to put somebody from every team in there. So Freddie Freeman gets snubbed in his first year in LA, and Will Smith, former U of L catcher, gets snubbed as well. He's having a great year. Uh, in Hollywood. And by the way, the All-Star game is at Dodger Stadium next Tuesday. Now look, it's an All-Star game. It's entertainment purposes. I love it. The night before is the home run hitting contest. The home run derby. Pete Alonzo trying to win it for a third year in a row. Fantastic. Kyle Schwarber, Indiana University product, Philadelphia Philly, was added today. Still waiting to hear if Shohei Otani is in. That's the one guy I want to see that they haven't signed up yet. Back at it tomorrow. We'll talk a lot more about the Open Championship from St. Andrews. Thanks for listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.